It's the Kyle Hyman Show on Redeemer Radio. Yes, and I'm not going to be the one to tell you that like changing a diaper is a prayer. I mean, that's not, I don't, I would choose other words for that. Like, right. <laughs> it's a sacrifice. Yeah. It's time for Morning Jolt with Sister Ignatia Henneberry from the Sisters of St. Francis of Perpetual Adoration. Welcome to Morning Joel with Sister Ignatia. I'm Kyle Hyman here with Sister and changing things up a little bit. And we're yeah. outdoors. Oh, yeah. On the campus of, what do you call this place? Is it is there a name for it? Oh, a couple of names. St. Francis Convent, Mount Alverno uh-huh. is our like endearing name for it. What's Mount? Mount Al- Alverno, Alverno is, uh, that's the mountain that uh, St. Francis was on to receive the stigmata. So oh, like, okay. And you are on the highest point in St. Joseph County. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, it's not. It's a, it's a little hard to breathe up here. <laughs> now, now that you say that. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. No, it's very beautiful. You it have is. A very yeah. nice campus. Oh, yeah. This is not only convent, but mm-hmm. you've got some other offices up here and stuff too. Yeah. At the bottom of the hill is where our corporate office is for our healthcare system. Yeah, and then our sisters that need nursing care, everything's connected up here. So then all-inclusive up here, it's nice. So people might be able to hear, we've got a nice breeze, there's some birds yeah. out. It's, it seems very Franciscan to be kind of in nature here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, the trails in the woods are, are nice. And oh, nice. Yeah, I'm really thankful. Yeah. So what is something that you didn't expect about being a sister, maybe for good or for... Ooh. That wasn't what I was thinking I was getting myself into. <laughs> Were there any big surprises? Either uh, either before, yeah. like as a postulant, you like, oh, this is different than I was expecting. Um, I think the first thing that I thought of when you said that was, wow, I didn't know people were that different. You know, like the like you're coming to live with. Like different people are different from yeah, each from other. Me, not, yeah, not, not from, sisters are different from. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The, the people that I'm living with are like, oh, wow, I am not like them and they're not like me. And that's OK. But like that's where the good and the bad all happens uh-huh. is when uh, realizing that like, OK, God created everyone <laughs> so different and it's no one's fault. <laughs> it's yeah. no one's fault. But like, how do you make this work? You have to like choose to love and, uh-huh. you know, appreciate people for who they are. And I mean, that will probably continue to be (laughs) the most unexpected thing. I entered 10 years ago. Like Uh that's just like the whole decade thing has been like a big chunk of my But it's different than a marriage where you, you have some, some choice in the matter, you know, of who you're going to spend the rest (laughs) of your life with. Now they can change and, and Mm -hmm. you might have difficulty living with the person, but it's not like being a sister in community and there's, all these different personalities walking through the door. <laughs> um, Mother Marie Teresa has a, a quote. She says, like, it is the Lord who threw us together. Threw us together. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. Not, that not is... brought us together. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Shoved us. Providence to it. We just like, because we all experience that. We're like, yeah, we just, he knows what's best for us. And yeah, some of the most beautiful moments in my religious life happened when I didn't expect, you know, to mm-hmm. maybe connect with somebody. And, and then that happened or somebody reached out to me that I didn't expect. Well, I was so excited to get into the topic. I forgot about our oh, yes. amazing coffee here. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Is this is this something that you make regularly? You made this one. Um, I've tried it. Maybe this is like my third round with whipped coffee. Whipped coffee. Whipped coffee. I okay. know. 
I had no idea that it had properties capable of, of like aerating. Yeah, uh-huh. it's just a, uh, instant espresso, sugar, and water. And then that's the whipped part. Right. And then you mixed it with whole milk? Whole milk. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, whole milk always. I okay. don't, yeah. Oh, yeah, I don't for your skin. cereal, anything? Well, if I'm going to drink it, and it's usually with coffee, then it's whole milk. Okay. But otherwise, I, don't, I guess I don't really care what it is. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so it's separated right now. We got right. the more for on top. aesthetic. Yeah. But yeah, but to but we taste better it. together, and then it gets. It a almost frothy. looks like peanut butter. Yeah, I know. Like, it's it a little frothy, so you can do what you want. Are, are you mixing? I, I, I'll probably mix. Yeah, I'll probably okay. mix a little bit, but because this looks so good. It looks like a dessert. Is it mm-hmm. going to be pretty sweet? Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, here we go. Oh, my. That is good. Mm-hmm. Very rich. Yes. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> I will confess that it was also the easier option to other things I thought of. but Really? Yeah. KitchenAid. It looks a little Throw tough. it in. Okay. Yeah. What, what else were you thinking about? Uh, cold brew. Uh-huh. But... In order to have a cold brew, you have to like almost like a day in the fridge. Yeah. So I just started doing cold brew. How do you do it? I saw anywhere from like 16 to 32 hours. Yeah. So I just try to fall somewhere in there. It's usually probably like 20. Mm-hmm. I've only done it two or three times. But, but I made a big batch of it. Yeah. They say it can keep in the fridge for a week. Oh, yeah. So I made a big, big batch and just pour a little at a time. It's, yeah. Easy morning routine. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. yeah. All right. Would you say that living the life of a religious sister is easy? Uh, no. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Question mark? Um, I, I think some might say, like, you you have things taken care of for you. Like, you don't have to worry about True. getting fired from your job and not having I know. an income. <laughs> or you're not worried about your own biological children mm-hmm. and... Mm-hmm. You know, their formation, their safety, their financial stability, their college fund, all those different things, um, insurance, all these different things. You might say, like, that's that seems like the easy life. Like, I could I could handle that. Just kind of things are taken care of for me. Decisions might be made for me for better or for worse. <laughs> for better or for worse. <laughs> but, but a little bit more uh, stability or, mm-hmm. I don't know, a little less kind of demands it might seem like yes and I, I would agree with that okay I think maybe the difficulty goes deeper maybe okay yeah that like the stresses and things of a lay family in the world like uh-huh. we need insurance for the kids they need to get to the doctor so that yeah I don't have uh-huh. which I'm thankful but that it doesn't mean that things are taken away from my mental energy to then just have like free open space to like hang out and <laughs> like do what I want to do. Yeah. Then, okay. Like then that's the Lord's invitation. Like, okay, we're going to go deeper and you, you need to go deeper in loving my sisters in pursuing holiness in the gospel mandate in sacrificing too. that. Like I do have a, hopefully a greater capacity to sacrifice for like a mm. wider range of people. Yeah. Sometimes the tinge of like, yeah, not making your own quote decisions hurts more than sometimes than it does at other times. Sure. So yeah, I guess there's like a double edge sword to that. It seems like part of that is designed, whether by the order itself or by God, 
to also free up more time for prayer. Mm-hmm. A little less of these responsibilities and stressors so that you can focus more on prayer. Whereas in the family life, we might have a harder time fitting in you know, an hour of adoration every day mm-hmm. with the busyness of, of family and life and work so that you can pray for us. Right. For, so you can pray for <laughs> yeah. the church. And I, I think maybe that's something that's hard for us as, as lay people to think like, we should be praying that much too and mm. maybe feel guilty for not having that much prayer and, and maybe that's rightfully so maybe we should be praying more than we are uh, i feel like that's probably always the case <laughs> you always should <laughs> it, be praying more no than matter you are. what <laughs> yeah. yeah vocation you have yeah but do you find that, that that's kind of freed you up to be able to spend more time in prayer yeah okay yeah and i find like prayer can't be taken out of your actual life so Yeah, if you're thinking like beating yourself up because you have a family and you just had a new kid or whatever your situation is and you're like, man, I really should be praying more. Yes, and I'm not going to be the one to tell you that like changing a diaper is a prayer. I mean, that's not, I don't, I would choose other words for that. Like (laughs) it's a sacrifice, Yeah. um, which I guess is prayer, but it's not, yeah, it's still, there's still a sacrifice in in that, not just, oh, it's your prayer. I think it it should be a little It shouldn't take the place of prayer. Right. Yeah, you shouldn't yeah, paint it with this like cutesy thing when right. sometimes it's just not and that's okay. It's, like <laughs> it's living out your vocation. It's something mm-hmm. that you're called to do. It's a sacrifice in service of mm-hmm. someone else. Those are all good things. Right. Not prayer. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not Yeah, there's no equal sign for me anyway. Like your whole life is you can't like compartmentalize it. Yeah. But at the same time, yeah, you do need times of prayer. So then the Lord inviting me into religious life saying like, probably the first is like, well, you, you need this time (laughs) in -hmm. order to, to listen to what, yeah, what I want to talk to you about. Like you need this time set aside and the support and the sisters that are in the chapel with me, you know, at different times of the day to pray. That is a gift to me. And then hopefully a gift to everyone that I come in contact with, because again, my life should come from my prayer. Do you think that some of that comes from this idea of these acts of service are prayer? Does that come from St. Paul saying we're supposed to pray without ceasing? Mm. And so then the only way we can justify that is say that, well, then these things that I have to do Mm -hmm. must be a form of prayer. Yeah, but then... For me to be able to pray without ceasing. Well, I have to change diapers, so that must be a prayer. Right. But then I think the temptation can then be to, like, exchange everything. Like, well, I have to to do this, or, like, it's Sunday morning or Sunday afternoon, and I was really setting aside time, but I I really probably should get to this obscure outdoor project that I really need to start Uh for my family. You know, just, like, I think then we can start yeah, just, I guess it just depends on how we're, yeah. where our mind is <laughs> when we're doing things. So speaking of prayer, you are part of a religious order that, that prides itself with, maybe not pride is the right word. Well, a healthy uh, pride maybe. <laughs> uh, yeah, perpetual adoration. Mm-hmm. Sisters of St. Francis of perpetual adoration. Did I say that right? You did. Okay. Very good. I always get confused with the other one. Mm. Yeah, note to everyone in the diocese, we are not the Franciscan Sisters of Perpetual Adoration. Those are different people. Yes. Okay. Sisters of St. Francis of <laughs> Perpetual Adoration. So what does that mean, I guess, start with? And then why was that something that was important to you? Mm. 
Uh, I've had the luxury of thinking about that question. Like I'm supposed to be able to communicate to people how wonderful this life is and why mm. I'm here. As a, as a vocation director. Right, as a vocation director. So then, yeah, like, well, why am I here? <laughs> why did I show up? Why is this so such a wonderful life? From the beginning, like perpetual adoration became like a deal breaker. I didn't think about it that way. I didn't say like, well, this, this, the community has to have perpetual adoration. I was just seeing other communities. I was like, oh, mm, I'd rather have Jesus mm-hmm. exposed in the Blessed Sacrament. Yeah, when I think about that more, two things were kind of coming to mind of like one of our sisters, I was talking to her recently and she said, you know, St. Francis had this lament that he said, love is not loved. And that would just like tear his heart open. Love that love is, is not, not loved. loved. That's all Jesus wants to do is to love. And he is love. Right. Um, but he's not loved. In the world. Yes. We don't love him back. Right. God um, who is love yeah. is not being loved by his yeah. beloved, yeah. his creation. So huh. at the very least, we have sisters that are deciding to do that. And like that's their hope when they're in there for that. A lot of sisters have at least an hour a day, sometimes two, that's what they're doing. They're offering Jesus love. And um, he, yeah, he deserves that. And he loves us in return. And when I was first attracted to the sisters and when I think a lot of young women, when they are, we do have a joy of being together, but also that joy is rooted in our Eucharistic spirituality that we spend you know, that time in quiet just with Jesus looking at him uh, being present to him and he being present to us and he's our joy. So then we live that out like with our sisters and our like family life, like the hallmarks of like that spirituality of adoration has been, I guess, really formed to me too. Um, Can we take a step back Mm -hmm. and talk about what adoration is and how it's a different form of prayer? Mm. I kind of like equate adoration with presence during the the mass was really in the beginning, the only time for the faithful to be with the Eucharistic presence of Jesus and mm-hmm. to receive him and to, and to see him. So then like developing this practice of Eucharistic adoration to actually be able to look upon the beloved and have him look upon you, you know, that's how I know myself is through his eyes. And that's how I come to know him. And liken it to the you know the couple that yeah you talk and you should talk but you also like spend time in quiet together too and that's a sign of intimacy when you can be in quiet together um, in each other's presence maybe looking at the same thing or just in silence that's a sign of intimacy mm-hmm. you're talking about being in the presence at mass being kind of the only time you you're in the physical presence of of jesus in the eucharist and adoration being that time where you expose mm-hmm. the Blessed Sacrament, the Eucharist, the true presence of Jesus. I heard somebody compare that to when the priest elevates the host, which is now the body of Christ, almost putting a pause button on yes. that moment. Yes. And where we only might get two to seven seconds at Mass. <laughs> Depending on the priest. <laughs> yeah. It, it's, it's now put mm-hmm. in a monstrance so that we can sit there and just take your time. Yeah. Stare, pray, Mm -hmm. be in that presence, be in that moment. Yeah. Like that moment is like, that's when we sing like the great amen. Right. We're we're like staking our life on everything that just happened and trying to give him like all the praise and glory. And yeah, why don't we need, we need more time to do that. Yeah. yeah, I've also heard some criticism though, Mm -hmm. that sometimes we can put such an emphasis on adoration and forget 
the amazing gift that we were actually able to receive that into our our body yeah. in, on, on, into our mouth <laughs> at at the mass, yeah. and that the reception of the Eucharist is is really that the highlight, yeah, the the pinnacle of the mass of prayer of anything. It's the source and summit. Exactly, adoration and any other form of liturgical or paraliturgical prayer like should be a, is an extension of that mass because that's when heaven touches down mm-hmm. is is right then. So, yeah, I like that. Like it. There's like this pause button, right. you know, like when you're in a movie and then like the scene is like all this action is happening and then like, you know, the two protagonists lock eyes and then like everything yeah. around them goes <laughs> blurry and like the music is like deadened and they're just like locked in at e- on each other. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, I think that's kind of what it, what it's like. I like that. <laughs> all right. Well, I was hoping we could talk a little bit about vocations director, but maybe we should save that for next time. Okay. But also, we've got a whole list of more kind of hot button, controversial subjects. Some of those things that are kind of hard for us as Catholics to accept church teaching that we're going to be hitting on too. So it's going to be a ride. I'm pumped. Okay. (laughs) Well, thank you for the uh, the whipped coffee. It's delicious. You're very welcome. This might be my favorite ever coffee drink. Wow. It's really. I'm touched. You can follow me on social media at Kyle Hyman or follow the show at Kyle Hyman Show. And until next time, remember to leave room for the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm.